Yeah. If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again, everybody's gonna lose, and I'm gonna win, gonna get rich quick. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sweet, sexy, soulful sounds of Get Rich Quick with Josh Noel, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's going to be a little deep today, guys, not the the topic or subject matter. No, never. Just the sound of the show, because Noel and I are both sick. That's right. Uh, And uh, normally, we would uh, maybe play you a show that we had pre-recorded. Um, because usually we're, uh, you know, we're a show or two ahead, but we can't do that. <laughs> no, the holidays uh, ate up our slack. Really did. We even had to replay an old show on New Year's Eve. Yeah, because uh, we didn't have one in the in the in the in the can. Is yeah, that what the, in the kids can say? In the bank. The can is such an old thing because there used to be, you know, it used to be tape in a can. Now it's in the computer. Yeah. So you think of your computer as a can. So I call it computer. <laughs> yeah, delirious with illness. Yeah, we're, we're there's going to be some coughing. That's right. No, we had actually recorded something. Yeah. And it didn't make the cut. It didn't make the cut. We cut it and we figured it's aired on New Year's Eve anyway, so no one's going to be listening. So we replayed our uh previous, our New, previous Year's. New Year's show. Yep. Um so for those of you that uh were like what's up with that? And also, for those of you who are listening uh, on the radio, you would have heard that show. On the podcast, nothing came up as a new show because it wasn't a new show. Uh-huh. So if you're going like, what happened to Josh and Noel last week? Well, this is what happened. Yeah. We've had a series. We haven't had a series. We have done, what, 70? 77. 77 shows now. Yeah. Which I think is a lot. I think we should give ourselves a little pat on the bat for sticking with it for no money. Yeah. For so long. Um, it's coming. Money's coming. Yeah, it is. I know. We have this discussion. We, you know, we, when you guys pay us, um, we've only had. We were discussing this earlier. We've only had four shows that have not made it to air. That's right. And only three of them because they were not good. Yeah, only three were quality control. That's right. Maybe we should be tighter on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, our second episode we ever recorded. Uh, was Nigerian scams? Uh huh. Didn't make it. Didn't make it. Well, now I'm trying to remember. I remember in that one, I pulled up a Nigerian scam and just read the whole scam. Yeah, it, it was a little too specific. It, it was uh-huh. very right. much just reading facts about Nigerian scams. Right. And then the, the and next calling one, them stupid, basically. Yeah, right. Which, which, exactly. And then the next one was uh, hipsters. Hipsters. Yeah. And that one. <laughs> Didn't make the cut it was because too negative. It really it was, it was really negative. Hate-filled. It was. It was crazy how hate filled it was. Yeah. J- Josh's <laughs> wife sat in with him, and at one point they both descended into like a swearing fit about these scourges of the earth. Uh huh. That we call hipsters. Yeah. And then the third one was an episode we did with Brexit, um, and that was entirely sound quality. We actually had two guests that day. Yes, we did. And it was a pretty good show. Yeah, we bought extra equipment for <laughs> we that did. episode. We did buy extra equipment for that episode. We bought another mic, mm-hmm. and we bought... Uh, uh, we got an add-on to the recorder so we, that had, we could hook right. up more mics. 
And then what the problem was is we screwed up with we we had never played with the add-on for the recorder, and it just like the sound quality yeah. just took a two hundred mics in a small place yeah. with no buffer, and it was everyone echoing and everyone else. Yeah, we were just sitting around a little massage table, and it was just bouncing off the walls. It was cra- it was a little crazy when you actually heard it. Mm-hmm. But when uh, when my friends uh, Bernie and Jim come back to this New York, uh-huh. we're gonna try to get them back in here. All right. Yeah, they were also exhausted. Too. They were. I was kind they of were. impressed of how well it went because they were like just off a plane. Yeah, from London. I know it was a little unfair on it, my part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll give them a day of catch up next yeah, time. Exactly. Um, and then this last one: mm-hmm. <laughs> eating disorders. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, yeah, we we both agreed that we did a mighty good job. In in uh, not making it offensive, yes. But we also agreed that we weren't really adding anything to the conversation with it. No, and that it was best served to just be left in the vaults. Yeah, but maybe someday, maybe when we're like you know a thousand episodes in, and we'll do a special yeah. show where yeah. we do snippets from all of from the, the shows. trash pot. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> Noel keeps all the stuff. If you ever steal Noel's computer. Mm-hmm. You will find all of our shows on his computer. Yeah, you will. Mm-hmm. I wonder, have any not been saved? I think they've all been saved. I have them all. Okay. Do I? No, no. I don't. I don't have all the 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 ones we've trashed. Yeah, you don't have the rejects. No, I don't have the rejects. You have the rejects. Yeah. You roll around in them. That's right. Like Scrooge McDuck. Ah. I'm the only one. Ah. These are going to be worth something one of these days. That's right. <coughs> we we're, need to sign contracts with each other, I think. No, ah, don't worry. We're going to get successful, and we will sue each other. <laughs> that's, that'll be our contract. Yeah, so that's a little preamble. Mm-hmm. So for those that might have been confused uh, uh, last Thursday, particularly on the uh, for the podcast about what's up with Josh and Noel, we are here. Yeah. We are alive. We are not well currently. No. But we are alive, and the show is continuing, Yeah. It, if it, you were worried. And if the house starts burning around us, we will have to sit here and keep recording. That's right. We have no choice. Because we have no choice. That's right. Um, but we're going to be getting back on track. Yeah. And uh, hopefully that won't happen again anytime in the near future. Yeah. Um, so that's our little preamble. It has nothing to do with our topic today, though, Noel. No. And our topic today is... It is the gig economy. It's uh, taking over the world. How do you get your piece? How do you make millions right. and millions, just like Uber? No. As as a member of the gig economy, mm-hmm. as, as a gig economist... <laughs> Um, I, I think someone should open up a comedy club called the Giggle Economy. Yeah, oh, yeah that'll, that'll be huge. <laughs> or maybe maybe that's better an improv group's name. Yeah, we're the Giggle Economy, and we're here to make you laugh. Yeah. Um, I have yet to make my millions. Okay, but I I think have I been on the gig economy for my whole life? No, but definitely for big chunks. I'm currently yeah. like what I do in massage is 100% yeah. the gig economy. I mean, I feel like the <clears throat> world of massage therapy and spas to just let you know how it works, you are entirely an independent contractor. You're not an employee. You sign a contract with them and you get paid based on the massages you give. So if you don't give any massages, you don't get a dime. Um, and, uh, you know, you get a percentage of whatever they charge. Yeah. That's why tipping is always appreciated. Um, but yeah, there you go. So 
You know, you know who's a master of the gig economy? Who? Tom Tenney, captain of the HMS Radio Free Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He uh, he is just started driving Uber. Uh, he was a cab driver for a while. He was a right? cab driver Back in Chicago or something uh, like that. Uh, no, I think it was in New York. Actually. Was it in New York? Uh, he is a freelance professor. Mm-hmm. He is a freelance writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a real estate agent. He's still doing the real estate yeah. stuff. Okay. Um, he's all over the place. Yeah. He is a a model of gig economy. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm not going to go into Tom's findings, <laughs> <laughs> but you know they say that uh, with the gig economy, the big thing that everyone talks about is the flexibility of the gig economy. That's right. You know, but it that works for the people. I feel like the flexibility of the gig economy is a plus if you can handle the constant sort of searching and panic over finding work sure you know i mean the gig economy it's not like the gig the gig economy is just a new name for what was freelancing for a million years oh yeah yeah you know and if you talk to any freelancer it's like they say sure it's nice that i control my destiny if i don't want to work i don't have to work but if you don't work you don't get paid Mm -hmm. you don't have vacation days you don't have sick days um if you haven't made enough that month you got to figure out how you're going to make enough that month um it's a, it's a, it's, and then, you know, you, there's no security, you know, you just don't have it. It's a rough. And yeah. I think as you get older, it gets rougher. Yeah. That's my personal experience. Well, I, I, I can save everyone from the, from the trials and tribulations and get them right to the finish line if you want. Let's do it. Okay, yo. Uh, all right. Gig economy, guys. I uh, looked up some stuff on this and according to a Pew Research Center survey, 42% of gig economy workers could uh, live comfortably without any of that additional income. Right, yeah. And they, uh, in particular, they looked a lot at uh, at drivers. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, 51% of Uber drivers and 78% of Lyft drivers work only 1 to 15 hours a week. And uh, they had... Some different reasons why, but one of the major reasons why was that a lot of these people do this work on a casual basis because of the social aspect right. of it. I feel like I read the same study. Did they was did was there one particular guy they mentioned who was like a psychologist or psychiatrist yeah. who gets like a hundred and thirty dollars an hour? Yeah. But he does it like five to nine hours a week. He drives his Uber yeah. just so he can have he doesn't have the pressure of yeah, talking so with get people, out. right? Yeah. Get out and about. So, all that great. That uh, gives us a lot to work with. Uh, I started thinking about what are social reasons to get people to do this work. Because uh, another thing to know about the the people who do it for social reasons as well is that uh, they are least likely to mo- to leave if the money gets bad. So if you're commission goes down if fees go up whatever the people doing it for the social benefits are the least likely to quit so you can abuse them mm-hmm. so sex workers <laughs> well sure <laughs> uh so uh the biggest social reason i could think of why people would want to do it is to meet a romantic partner right um and so i looked it up and working in a coffee shop is listed one of the top jobs 
to meet members of the opposite sex. There were other things too, but you couldn't really gig economy them, mm-hmm. right? Firemen, you don't want a gig economy fireman, right? Uh, bartender, I guess you could, but coffee shops seemed the most accessible. Uh huh. So I also looked, and Match.com listed coffee shops as a top place to meet a dating prospect. Meaning, like, go out on your first date at a coffee shop. No, or no, no, just to meet. Actually, meeting someone yeah. at a coffee. Meeting shop. someone not on Match.com. What a strange in real life choice. Like, do you think that many people meet like they're a significant other or even just a hookup? Well, at a coffee shop. You know, I'll have to say the explanation uh, on both these things that I read was a really good one. Okay, and it was it's a relaxed a- relaxed atmosphere. Uh-huh. You can talk. Or you cannot talk. Uh, it, it's just it, it describes as an easy place to get in a, in a meaningful conversation without the pressure to. I guess. There's familiarity. Right. You know. Uh, but, uh, so ironically I thought that uh, coffee shops also are full of freelancers nowadays, you know. That's true. You go to anyone, it's people's... Oh, coffee shop. I'm thinking, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i sorry to interrupt, but when I think of coffee shop, I think diner. Oh. Like old school. You're talking about like a Starbucks-y kind of coffee shop or a, uh, like that kind of coffee yeah. shop. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I get it. That makes more sense to me now. Okay. So uh, coffee shops full of freelancers. Right. Gig economy is growing. We need more coffee shops. Yeah. Right? So uh, my first idea was to make an Uber for baristas, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And you can get lonely people or people who just want some money to sign up and uh, take shift when they appear in the app, and they're going to go out there. They're going to make some espressos, make some cappuccinos, mm-hmm. hope to find a mate. Um, you can get a coffee machine that only needs... You get a precious button nowadays, and it has everything on there. You know, mm-hmm. it'll grind the coffee, it'll make, it'll steam the milk, it'll do everything. So I was trying to think, okay, great, you could do that. There's some money there. How do you open up lots of these so you can make more money? And uh, I thought of a couple things. Well, the first thing I thought of was a buddy of mine in Chicago opened a coffee shop on a credit card. And did very well with it. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a cheap business to open. Uh-huh. I can uh, imagine, yeah. And the other thing, as I said, Tom is now driving Uber. Right. And he was telling me some of the details about it. Uber sets you up with a car rental and basically pays for it. You pay them back, but it, it's you're not going out and finding this car and upkeeping it. Uber's doing all of this. It's funny. They've, they've changed the rules. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Uber used to... It used to be you had to have a car. Like this is one of the complaints with with the guys that are suing Uber. Mm-hmm. Is the guys who have started up there was like you couldn't have a car that was more than like six years old or something like that. So all these guys went out and upgraded their cars, and then like two years later they changed that mm-hmm. rule. So now they will actually rent you a car if you are. Maybe that's a New York thing. Is it? Are they? It renting might be, you or a, maybe you could use your car. Right. Are they renting you a car that's like a TLC car? 
Or are they just renting? Is he getting like a zip car kind of rental? Well, no, they're nicer cars. They're, right. There's a few different models. It's not like any car out there. No, I get you. But but I guess what I'm asking is, are they renting like just from a regular rental place? I think so. Or are they like going to a taxi and limousine place, like a black car place, and saying, we're going to rent this no, car? No, no, no. I think they're gonna... renting from a car rental place uh-huh. and uh, getting some sort of group rate. Right. Um, so... And I say maybe you could do it if you had your own car too. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so so you can go into Uber without any capital investment. You know, it takes a little bit for the license and stuff, but I think they even help you compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, great. So I thought let's make an app that lets anyone with space open a coffee shop without having to do anything. Right. Uh, you have some rules set up, mm-hmm. like it has to have free Wi-Fi, so you can get all these freelancers working there all day. Uh, you go out, and there'll be a, a, a rental fee for the old sofas and comfy chairs that you put in there. Right. Uh, there will be a rental fee for this crazy espresso machine that right. does everything with the press of a button. Mm-hmm. The front of the house, you can set up any way you want. The back of the house, behind the counter is all going to be exact same layout, right? Here's your fridge. Here's where you put things in the fridge. Here's where your espresso machine is. Here's where your cups are stored. <clears throat> yada, yada, yada. And just like Uber gives you a GPS app that will tell the driver the exact route they need to take, uh-huh. this will tell step-by-step exactly what needs to be done uh, to do anything. Uh huh. And uh, you get your twenty percent, just like Uber. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, you staff with the lonely, lonely app users, hoping to find a sweetheart. Right. And you give the freelancers a place to be all day, work. I mean, uh, uh... and anyone with the empty storefront can just say, "I could be making some money with this." Right. Yeah. Press a button. Yeah. I yep. do nothing. I think you're going to have to check the local rules for opening, uh, might. having an establishment of that nature, like just food service in uh-huh. your uh, in your city or town. Some places are more lax than others, um, but I think that's a good idea, man. Yeah, I like that. There you go. Yeah, nice one. You've just gig economied uh, food service. It's funny because I was thinking, like, can you actually gig economy food service? And the answer is kind of like, you know, I was thinking, like, no, you can't because you actually need people who know what the fuck they're doing, and consistency, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a thing where it's like, eh, I don't want to do it today. I'm not going to show up, right? You're not hiring people short term. You want them, You need that consistency, but you've done it. You've done it, Noel. There you go. Congratulations. That was very impressive. So uh, I came up with an idea. So many of these things are done via app, right? Yep. And it's this sort of connection um, you know, you have Uber and Lyft, you have the cars, obviously, but you also have things going on in other businesses as well, like massage. There's a, a company that basically uh, has a customer base and they will put out a call for massage therapists and you go to the person's house and you give them a massage and your rates are much higher than if you used a, a, a local business mm-hmm. because they ha- they're, you know... I think right now they're in like five or six cities, but it's all going through this one major hub, 
right? So it's like they just take a small, it's all about volume, right? They take an incremental amount, a small amount, and the uh, therapists get more money yep. for doing it. And I was like, well, I haven't really seen anything like that for uh, teachers. Not so much uh, tutors, mm -hmm. but for teachers. And I was like, well, okay, what stuff? There? Then I was thinking about, I don't know if you remember the learning annex. Do you remember the learning annex? Yep. <coughs> so for those of you that don't know what the learning annex is, <coughs> excuse me, the learning annex was something, and I don't know if it was in every city. Had it had it expanded to every city in the, in the states, or was it just a New York thing? I don't know. It was in Toronto. Okay. It was so, in Chicago. Okay. So then it was a big thing. And it was like these weird sort of like classes that were taught by quote-unquote experts, and you would pay two or three hundred bucks, and maybe it was like four weeks, or sometimes it was one night, and that person would teach you something, whether it be uh, a type of knitting or uh, I, I, I even think Donald Trump had a learning annex class for a while, like as a as a precursor to Trump University. Uh -huh. He he taught a class that he actually didn't show up at. Um, that's true. That's true. You can you can look that up. Yet another example of uh, uh, car sales car salesman in action. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought, well, how about stuff like that, right? So instead of it being like, oh man, I'm having problem with math. Let me get a teacher on the line, which you can have as part of it. You can have someone who's like, I've always really been interested in how to make a particular type of Native American canoe. And you can go on and you can either be part of a group class for less money or a one-on-one -on -one Skype session, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Where And you, it can be a six, seven, eight-week course where this guy who's an expert at making this type of Native American canoe, maybe a Native American in, in North Dakota, South Dakota, or whatever, can then teach you how to make this canoe step by step. And you can make it alongside him while, while uh, uh, he's watching you and guides you in that, right? So you can do that for so many things. Music teachers, mm -hmm. right? Uh, any kind of carpentry. Um, uh, any regional kind of cooking style. Like, why go to one of these cooking classes where it's someone who, like, did a six-week tour of Vietnam, right, and maybe learned how to make a version of this when you can actually get someone who's an expert at this in Vietnam to teach it to you? Mm -hmm. That seems better. That's what they did in the first place, right? So why get it secondhand when you can get it firsthand from the source? So that's my idea, and you call it like teacher's pet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you go on, and the algorithm will sort of match you up. Well, I guess it's not an algorithm, really, but it'll just be a situation where you can choose what you want to learn. They'll have their list of teachers. <clears throat> you can go in, and then, of course, as the teacher, you set your availability. You know what I mean? And and make however much money you can make. So that's it. That's that's my big idea. Yeah, that's, that's good. It. Thanks. Uh so, uh, so yeah, you know what else is a big idea? What's a big idea, Noel? Well, the big idea that we had when <clears throat> we started our newest segment, uh -huh. Josh and Noel sell out, that one day, through hard work and a dream, <coughs> Josh and I will be able to take our hard work, take, take our integrity, take everything we've created... And just sell it wholesale to any corporation will give us any money. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you you know the the traditional ways you can go out and do that. You can go to the radiofreebrooklyn.com website, 
Go to the Josh Knoll Show page, hit the sponsor link, mm-hmm. and for the rest of the season, uh, every month, a certain amount of money will come out, any money you pledge, and half that money will go to Josh and I, keep us rich. That's right, we need it. Yeah, Half that money will go to Radio <laughs> Free Brooklyn, keep them poor. We need it. We need money for the antibiotics. <laughs> yeah, we do, obviously, right? Uh, and uh, if you don't like us... You, you don't like listening to sick people on the radio <laughs> preaching at you. Uh, you can go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.com website and hit the Patreon link, and you can pledge any amount of money, one time, reoccurring, and all that money will go to Radio Free Brooklyn. None of that money will come to us. Put a note in there saying, get these sickies off the air. <laughs> I feel like I just listened to them. I felt sick. That's right. They made me nauseous. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they'll, they'll cut us, gladly. Um but the real money out there, as we said, is corporate sponsorship. Uh, one day, you know, you can listen to a show like this brought to you by NyQuil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, anything you want, any corporation you are, we will praise you to the heavens. Uh, but for now, we're starting small, we're aiming high. Uh, so our first sponsor, our best sponsor, our only sponsor... <laughs> Monty Lamonti has a message for you. Take it away. Hey there, everybody. This is your good friend, Monty Lamonti, and I am back again with another amazing tip for you. My best friend. All right, people. This is an important one. Mucho importante. That's Spanish for... Very important. Oh, boy. I hope that's correct. Anyway, back to the point. Topic at hand today is... Stay home while you're sick. People, the thing I'm here to discuss with you today is there are too many people that get out there while they're sick, and they get everybody else sick and nothing makes me more sick than being around people that are sick if you don't feel well stay home that's what jesus would do you're not doing anyone a favor by showing up to work showing up to their party going out on a date nothing nobody wants to see you when you're sick you're being selfish ignorant and really i think it's rude because you're making other people sick so just stay in remember people always a positive influence in your life your best friend monty lamonti and most importantly if you heard this message you owe me your best friend two dollars let me repeat that if you heard this you owe me two dollars and you can get that to me via paypal at montyism at yahoo.com montyism at yahoo.com oh yeah I, I got to say, the coughing in the background, Josh, <laughs> added added to that. Uh, and, you know, seeing as our last show was put in the trash, uh-huh. uh, it gives you the op- the the ability uh-huh. to reuse uh, our our sponsorship, uh-huh. our, our did, tips yes. of the week. This was- and, and usually it's a little less amusing when you hear it the second <laughs> time. But this one was right on the money. It really was. Well, we both, I think, had forgotten what it was. And yeah. uh, it, of course, was clearly perfect. There yeah, was a reason was we, couldn't, we couldn't use that last show. And little did we know it was because of the Monty LaMonte yeah, bit. Yeah, it wasn't because of the horrific topic. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, though, that Monty's uh, tips are really becoming more like rants. Yeah. They're like just shit that makes Monty angry. Yeah. But uh, good on you, Monty. Yeah, thanks look, for being our sponsor. As I say every week, looking forward to that first check from you, Monty. That's uh, coming. <laughs> They're all coming, dude. You're going to open your mailbox one day, and it's just going to be 
an avalanche of checks, <laughs> money orders, uh, <laughs> just cash in different denominations. Uh-huh. <clears throat> You're going to be trapped under it. I think the thing that's going to scare me the most about that uh-huh. is how did they get my address? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tweet it all the time, Josh. I'm uh, always saying, this is where Josh lives. Don't like his ideas. I really need to start going on Twitter now. Yeah. If that's what you're doing. I, I, I always, yeah. <laughs> and I'll like tag, hashtag Pizzagate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. So, after we do Monty. Yeah, about this time, guys, every week, except for last week, we have a topic, and in that topic, we find so many ways for you to make so much money, it is disgusting. We also had a little germ of an idea inside that show for which you can make even more money. So, uh... I like the use of germ. Yeah. <laughs> that was intentional. Yeah. So uh, if you're waiting in a doctor's office right now, if you're uh, waiting for a cup of coffee to brew so you can hand it to the love of your life, uh, listen to this. Come back later. Listen to the rest of the show. Mr. Monty, please take I mean, Mr. Josh, please take <laughs> it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. Simply because he was upset that only two people could make a wish from a holiday turkey, an argument by Ken Aroni ultimately led to his company that creates fake wishbones. During 2012, 30,000 plastic bones a day were being made with over 2.5 million in sales. I'm not being funny, but you guys are aware that when you break the turkey wishbone and make a wish, it's not real. Magic isn't real. You don't get wishes. It's just a bone from a dead animal that you just ate. Yeah? Someone should let him know that EDM is not real music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, plastic wishbones. Yeah, and, and like Monty's tip, gained significance by being in this week's show. Fake wishbones lost significance by not being in eating disorders. <laughs> the saddest topic we ever did. It's true. And it was it was it it didn't even cross my mind. It was like one of those things like, oh, this is just stupid and fine. And then it was on the show and it just felt even sadder. Even more awkward and yeah. weird. That was honestly <clears throat> when we recorded that show, I never felt like I apologized more. Oh, we we were openly apologizing yeah, for the topic. We really were. <laughs> It was so uncomfortable to uh-huh. do. Um, you know, I, I'm going to tell listeners this. <laughs> You're probably thinking we're horrible people right now, but we just kind of randomly pick topics, and uh, not until we did the research did uh-huh. we realize how sad this one was. Yeah, and Josh and I were not offensive. We weren't making. We never no. made fun or encouraged eating disorders no. or. Said, you know, here's an app that calls you fat until you throw up. Or, right. You know, it was a, it was as dark as we can get. It was not dark. No, we we did a good job of keeping it light, but yeah. just the topic itself was, was so just, sad. Yeah, we were like, it just does. It's not right. Yeah, it's just not right. So, but you know, if you want to send us like a hundred bucks, oh yeah, maybe we'll send you a yeah. That's our that's that our you can listen to donor bonus, there you guys. One hundred dollars, you get all our, our. There you go. Cut uh-huh. shows. Yeah, we'll send you a CD-ROM. Yeah, with all of our cut shows yeah. on it. Yeah, hmm. 
Okay. There with, we go. With our own writing of the topics uh-huh. in like Sharpie on it. That's right. And we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll throw you'll get it in just the CD-ROM case yep. with the, the 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 tag that's there and uh we'll Old throw in, we'll slap a we'll slap a uh, get rich quick with Josh Knowles sticker. I'll uh, we'll put a few in there. I got a yeah. box of them. I do too. I have <laughs> most of what you gave me as a matter of fact. We're not kids anymore, Noel, walking around the city slapping stickers well, all over the place. Are. Okay, that's true. Um but yeah, uh plastic wishbones. Yeah. Huh? Fantastic. That's stupid. And the guy still made a lot of money off of them. A lot of money. It's crazy to me. Anyway. Anyway, guys. Uh, gig economy. No, I imagine that job is probably a gig economy job. Like, people only use the wishbone at Thanksgiving, right? So, like, for a month before Thanksgiving, he's hired a whole bunch of people to come in for that month and just make a bunch of wishbones. Oh, making the bones is yeah, probably yeah, a yeah, gig. yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless he's got, like, different seasonal stupid tchotchkes he's making all the time. That's possible. They didn't say that. Yeah, maybe that's what he does. Or I mean, he just sends an email to the plant in China or he saying, does right. one more lot. He figured it out through Alibaba. Yeah. Which is, like, the ultimate, if you think about it, China has kind of become the ultimate gig economy country. Yeah. Right? Because so much of it is manufacturing for someone else. Yep, and they just So they just take change jobs. Change the plant. Right? Exactly. They just change the plant. They change out the dye. Yep. You know, <clears throat> I mean, although <coughs> the people that work in the plants are kind of like slaves, right? Oh, yeah, they yeah, live yeah. in the plants and they do they do the, all that stuff and then they throw themselves out the window. Yeah. That's kind of defeats the purpose. Well, of the you know, economy. eventually, as, as these gig jobs erode our unions and our uh, workers' rights, uh-huh. we'll all be slaves, too. Yeah, the surf economy, it'll be called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, and in typical sort of like uh, uh, the old mining towns and, the yeah. and and you know. Yeah, the company town. Right, the company but, town. You'll get money, you'll get paid, but they'll take out for your room and board. Yeah. For, you know, and then some of it'll be chits. It won't be actual cash. It'll be chits that you get to use at the company shop. Yeah. Which charges way more than, you know, so the company makes money every single way. They never actually are putting out money. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But it'll just be a country. A country-pony. Wow. A cunt-pony. Whoa. That took a, <laughs> a weird turn at the end there. <laughs> A cum tree. Yeah, that even got worse, Josh. You're not making it better. <laughs> I'm the CEO of the cum tree of the United States of America. That's it's what Donald worse. Trump's. That's what Donald Trump's little plaque is going to be on uh-huh. his thing. Not President of the United States, CEO of the United States. Yep. I feel like I just need to put this out there because I've been thinking this for a while, and I've been trying to think of a positive, potential positive, of a Donald Trump disastrous presidency. The thought that came in my head is there has always been the argument that the country should be run like a business. Government should be run like a business, right? Yeah. That has been posited forever and ever and ever, and it's never quite happened because we've never had a situation like this before. Yeah. The one thing, if this works really well or if it's a fucking disaster, yeah. we will n- put that argument finally to rest. And we never have to hear it again. Or they'll just say, oh, we ran it like the wrong time of company. Oh, God. We ran it like an old brick and mortar when it should be <laughs> a new gig economy. Oh, Run it could, like an app. Could you imagine if it was just like 
everybody in government was a freelancer. Yeah. That's kind of what it was when the country first started, right? Government was a very much a part-time job. Yeah. Right? All your congressmen, they'd go there and they would then go back to their various plantations and things and go to work and, yeah. and do things like that. They would not spend most of their time in Washington. They spent most of their time at home listening to the concerns of the people in their home state who they represented. <laughs> Funny how that yeah. works. Anyway. Uh, um. Yeah, the gig economy, Noel. How else are you going to make money in the gig economy? I'll tell you. How are people going to make their millions yeah. without actually having a job? I got it. Okay, hit Okay, me. so uh, what I, I look at these gig economies, right? Uh-huh. Especially the, the, the newer batch of them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tend to be app-based yeah, or, or in somehow computer-centralized. Uh, and what you're doing, in essence is you are taking disparate resources and giving a central control over them, right? So if you look at Uber, Uber is taking the labor of these drivers and organizing them into one uh, fleet of cars. If you look at Airbnb, you are taking uh, the homes of people, their biggest resource. Mm Mm-hmm. And renting it out as hotel rooms. Uh, there's Turo and Get Around that are taking people's automobiles and letting them rent their cars out. Yeah, that one bothers. I don't. That one. But it's still, it's the same idea. Yeah, You're taking no, disparate I understand. resources yeah. and you are organizing in a way that becomes valuable. Uh, you have uh, Rover and Dog Vacay, which are apps to allow people to. Either walk your dogs or um, put your dogs up when you go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? On a, on a side note, there, I did see a thing. There is a company that you can walk your dog. Your dog goes poop. You take a picture of that poop with your cell phone, and it's geotagged. And someone comes and clean. And you pay a subscription. They come and clean up that dog poop. That's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, and. <laughs> But anyway, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a, uh, a, a Toronto has a new store called the Sharing Depot. And what the Sharing Depot is, is that uh, everyone pays a membership fee and you give the Sharing Depot things like your drill that you don't want to keep in your apartment, your. Uh, all sorts of things. Now, right? so out of curiosity, because now I have heard the term. So. We're talking about the gig economy, but I've also heard the term the sharing economy. But it's kind of the same thing, right? Well, I don't know, because the gig economy requires you to actually have a skill and do something, Mm -hmm. right? The sharing economy just requires you to have something that you make money off of, Mm -hmm. right? So like Airbnb and uh, Couchsurfing.com, those are all sharing economy things. You have something that someone can use. And then you're making money off of it. And the idea of this sharing depot. Well, okay, but but in essence, though, the Airbnb, uh, you are taking on the gig of being a hotelier. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, I get, I get, I get and, what you're saying. That's I, yeah. I mean, I understand it. I'm just trying to see if there is at this point because for a while there, it was a very clear. Uh, uh, delineation of the sharing economy versus the gig economy. Okay. Does, the, does and, the factory owner have a job? Well, he 
I mean, I think legally he is. He's considered an employee of the company. Yeah. He's a got a gig then. <laughs> <laughs> and as the factory owner of your apartment, you have a gig with Airbnb. Wow. I love when the Noel reasoning comes out. <laughs> I've been Noel splained. That's right. Well, right. I, know, I, I think it's I think it's different aspects of the same thing. Okay, gotcha. Uh, uh, you know, and, and as you said, traditionally this was all freelance work, right? And now we're bringing other things into it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I thought about all this. Great. Uh, if I want to <clears throat> gather all the resources of people that are being untapped, I looked at my own life and what is my most valuable, underused thing I have? Well, I don't have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you know, it's an apartment. There's already Airbnb and in New York, you Airbnb or apartment, unless you have a co-op, right? You're getting kicked out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, even it, would your landlord kick you out? Even if you like, I've rent stabilized apartment. My landlord would love to. No, kick but me I out. mean, if you, if you stayed in your apartment and, and had a, I know you don't have a second room. But if you had a second bedroom, would he kick you out for renting out that second bedroom? I don't know. That's kind of like having a roommate. Yeah, as I long guess. as you're there. Maybe. I don't know. Uh. My landlord would love to kick me out. Yeah. Well, of course you would. You have a rent stabilized apartment. Yeah. Any excuse. Um. And 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 not only that, you know, I am not. I don't have a cottage. Right. I don't have a summer home. Yeah. I don't have a a farm. I go and. Winter in down in Georgia. Why haven't you killed yourself yet? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, my apartment, uh-huh. uh, although it is my biggest resource, is only unused and untapped when I'm not at home, mm-hmm. when I'm at work, right? When I'm out with my better half, uh huh. When I am uh, roaming the city, doing yeah. stuff like that, right? So, you know, I can't put it up for a family of four coming from Ireland. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't do anything like that. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, so what could I use it for? Well, I tried to think, right? What use would my home be to someone else? As you know, I talked about before, freelancers, they need somewhere to work. They're clogging up our freaking coffee shops, taking all the tables and pretending they're drinking a cup of coffee for four hours. Uh, uh-huh. Which f- frustrates me so much when I yeah. go to the coffee shop, <laughs> and every seat is taken. <clears throat> everyone's got a laptop in front of mm-hmm. them. Everyone's got an empty cup of coffee, yep. and they're just pretending like they're still drinking it. Mm-hmm. And it, I just want to go and smash them. One day I will. I will be Jesus at the money lenders, mm-hmm. upturning their tables, <laughs> and getting my spot to sit down and have my sandwich and cup of coffee. Yeah. Uh, but so so those people might want to go to an apartment and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other things that we've discussed in other episodes, right? There's adulterers; they need somewhere to have a tryst. There are and <laughs> right. and and with the Airbnb <laughs> <Sorry>. economy <laughs> now, everything that's left on the street is boutique hotels. Uh-huh. There's no hotel motel anymore. Uh-huh. You could do hookup.com. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Uh, there are people who work nights. Need somewhere to crash during the day, right? There's all sorts yeah. of things that could be used in my apartment in the short periods of time when it is empty, right? Uh, so here's what you do: you make an app. It's not Airbnb; that'll get kicked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I don't know AirCNC. Hookup.com. It's hookup.com. If well, it, but it's for more than hookups. No, how about how about this? No tell motel. 
But that implies it's only going to be used for sex. <laughs> well, how many people are actually going to end up using it for sex? How many people are going to end up using it for naps during the day versus using it for sex during the day? Well, freelancers go there and work. Oh, oh. Right? Wow. That oh, could no. be their yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. It could be yeah, their... Yeah. What, are, what are those places that are popping all up called? The, yeah, the workspaces, the shared yeah. workspaces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one just opened up around here called, I think, Bar Works. Yeah. Implying, the name implies that they're going to have a bar there, so it's going to be like a weird work scene, social scene. Uh-huh. They got nothing there. They have like a Keurig coffee machine, and then otherwise it looks like a bar. Okay. But yeah, you buy a, uh, you buy a, uh, a, a subscription, and you could have three, four people in your apartment. Sure. Uh, so All you have to do is set up a pot of coffee. Yeah. I, I got that. Uh-huh. Uh, so so what you do, you, you make an app. You, as a as an apartment, oh, well, you, the listener, make the app. Mm-hmm. All the money's in the apps. Yeah. You got to be the one controlling the resources of others, mm-hmm. and you get all their disparate money. Uh, so uh, the hosts, they make a login. They set when they're not going to be home. Mm-hmm. There's even maybe something saying an, an impromptu, hey, I'm going to be out for four hours right. if uh, yeah. it, this apartment's needed. Uh, there's some sort of lockbox or some way for people to get a key. And um, you also set your rules and parameters, right? A lot of people might not be comfortable with uh, adulterers having trysts in their apartments. While someone is working in the living room. While someone's working <laughs> in the living room. Uh you know, there there might so you set what <clears throat> yeah. parameters of what can happen yeah, in absolutely. there, right? This apartment cannot be a crack house. This uh, mm-hmm. no no pornography can be filmed in this apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Uh, we'd have to sit down and really come up with everything that could be done yeah, in the apartment exactly. to or, think of what could be banned. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, <clears throat> as long as you know, as long as it's legal, though, it 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 can be in there. You know what I mean? Like. As long as it's not like you know dealing drugs or uh, yes or uh, you know prepping drugs, chopping it up and well, you know, uh, basically, I think for business reasons, yeah, uh, nothing illegal. You it can't be the stated intention for <laughs> any of this. Okay, fine. Uh, so uh, the users they pay a subscription and they pay a small per use fee. Hosts. Get paid by the gig, right? Mm-hmm. So you rent your apartment out five days, you get five payments, right? Broken up in whatever way we decide. One, maybe it's five, maybe one payment is eight hours, and if you only rent it four, then it's, wait until you get two to get paid for that, mm-hmm. or what, however that works, right? Uh, great. A little bit of bonus, tweak it, make it a little more money out mm-hmm. of this. As the host, you can say things that you need done, right? So be it. So it'll be like a little bit of a barter thing. A as little well. bit of barter, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So be it a uh, <clears throat> clean your apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are going to be a lot of freelancers, right? So maybe you need a logo made, some sort of dra- graphic design, uh-huh, a right. business card. Uh, I, I looked on Fiverr. Which is all small yeah. jobs, mm-hmm. and basically anything you can find on Fiverr, right? Facebook likes, 
fake reviews for anything. Uh, if you're all freelancers, oh, we you do. all need Yelp reviews yeah, saying how ha- great you are. We need uh, we need uh, 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 reviews on uh, Yeah, you guys review iTunes us. Come on. Stitcher. It's part of the deal. Yeah, we should have uh, got Fiverr for that. Yeah, so it, if they do these things on your wish list, yeah. uh, then... The, the amount of credits that are used up go down. The amount, the well, the, the the amount that they end up paying out of that they have to pay for the use of your space reduces the per use fee. Right, can depending on what it is be reduced or even made zero, mm-hmm. and the amount of money you pay out to the mm-hmm. host goes down. You still take twenty percent of everything. Uh huh. It's just less money that gets shifted around, yeah. and you makes no skin off your nose. Right. No, it's uh, it's brilliant idea like yeah. this is a brilliant idea yeah like was this your gold idea or did you think the other oh idea the other was one was the gold no this is the gold uh, this is someone is going to take this and actually make a lot of money off of this well the other one too someone's going to take this and make <laughs> a lot of money off of this and i hope it's a listener give us 10 percent. well if they're taking it we're hoping that it's a listener that's right now that one this one is great okay i love this one all right I love it. It does, if you think about it, sort of follow the model of uh, of having a show on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> was that your inspiration? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but that's it. What do you got? Uh, I got. I mean, I should just. We should just end the show right now because anything that I have will not even match up to that at all. My so my second one is. Uh, I don't even know if you remember. I played a tip of the week that was this guy, who was the top. A uh, uh, programmer for this yep. uh, uh, communications yep. major communications company in in the in the U.S. and it turned out he was shipping all of his work off to a Chinese center. Yes, and they were doing all of his work, and he was sitting around looking at cat videos and shopping online. Yeah, and he had taken on several jobs, and then he was just shipping them all out to these centers, right? And then I thought to myself. Because I remember when I heard that, I was like, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in my entire life until your last idea. (laughs) I will say, though, that, you know, why ship it all off to uh, a center in China? Sure. Why not set up centers? This And so I heard that. Then I remember I had a conversation. So I do massage at a tech company in uh, in New York City and. uh remember having a conversation with someone there talking about uh, an issue that they were having because they do their content company. They do websites and uh, uh, apps and, you know, they cover all of a company's content and their, the, the way they're perceived online. And uh, uh, they f- consider themselves a really boutique company and they would only take things that they felt were challenging to them and challenged the staff but you know they were having a little bit of issue financially and were considering starting to take some kind of jobs that were just mundane everyday jobs that they could make a lot of money off of right but wasn't going to challenge the uh the people that worked there and the people that worked there were kind of like we don't want to do that job that shit they were getting a lot of pushback from the employees which to me is crazy Right. You're hired for a job. You're getting paid money. You just do what you have to do. Right. So then I thought, why not set up these sort of work centers 
where you basically have people who are all freelance, designers, coders, whatever, and <clears throat> all these larger companies that have employees but need to take on this work that doesn't necessarily suit them or they don't really want to do, they don't really care about how good a job it is, it's just got to get done so they can make their money, you can sort of subcontract it out, right? Or if you have stuff that, you know, you don't want to hire someone as a freelancer for like five weeks, maybe it's just a three or four day job where it, just cleaning up some edges on things and it allows the main people to move on with stuff where it's not like really deep, you know, work where you really need to know everything that's going on. Set up these centers and these, you know, independent contractors come in and they're like, you know, you can set it up where they're doing it from, uh, uh, you know, a bar works or something like that. And they're just there. If they can't come in, they can't come in. And it works both ways, right? You're getting the, uh, uh, and then you don't have any of the costs. You've got this business where you're basically just a middleman, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting these jobs called in, and then you're just saying, hey, who wants to do this? This is what's on the board today. Mm -hmm. And guys come in, and they're like, oh, I want to work today, and oh, look, that'll take me two days. That's perfect. That's what I need. And they'll pluck it off the board and say, I'll do it. And then they do it and ship it in, and uh, done deal. Mm -hmm. Super quick and uh, easy. So you're saying uh, like a, like a, a backwards mm -hmm. fiver. I guess I so don't really know people, how Fiverr, Fiverr works. Fiverr is people put up what they do, and uh, they can be small tasks, they can be bigger right. things. And then people come and say, "I need you I, for I this. need something to someone to do this." <clears throat> yes, it's a revert. It's 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 it, it's a job board and not a skills board. Exactly, okay. it's a job board, but where you are also sort of monitoring like the people that you have working there they're mm -hmm. independent contractors so they follow the rules of independent contracting which means they don't have to work if they don't want to they can come in when they want to mm -hmm. uh they do have to come to a place right you have interviewed them so mm -hmm. it's not just like you know oh i'm this dude off this street and i see this thing and i'm gonna fuck it up so you have there is a level of quality control yeah. there we're making america great right now. exactly by by denying people by hook or crook, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, and I guess it's similar to Fiverr, but very different. Yeah, at the same it's, time, it's it's brick and mortar Fiverr. I guess brick so, and mortar yeah. reverse Fiverr. But you could have it anywhere. You know what I mean? It can, you can be like Amazon, where yeah. you have this giant warehouse of of uh, of freelancers of giggers coming and going as they see fit in the middle of a uh, uh, you know Pomona. Yeah. Whatever that means. I get it. So if you out there, listening audience at this point, are as confused as I am about this idea. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You might want to reach out and ask Josh what he means. Uh, you can get us on Twitter <laughs> at GRQ Josh Noel. You can email us at uh, GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. Or you can get us on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. You can go to iTunes. You can rate. You can review. You can subscribe. You can get us everywhere. I actually found some places we weren't, and I got us there recently. Uh, so you can get us everywhere. You can go to Radio Free Brooklyn, and Saturday night's 8 o'clock, listen to us live, get the tips before the neighbor does, before the nosy, nosy Mr. Money Pants does. Give yourself a four-day head start That's in building, right. building that, that monster. That's right. Or you can um, just reach out and say hi. You can give us ideas for shows. You can give us tips to judge our schemes by. Uh, so great. We got a lot of money in our pockets. Uh, we got fivers, we got tenors, we got all sorts of monies. Uh, what do we do with that money? It's only going to make us crazy. We got to spend it. Josh, please take it away.
The Russian-Italian jewelry design firm Caviar has a new addition to its Supremo line of iPhones, Donald Trump. The Supremo line was started in 2014 to celebrate great men, and the company says the Supremo limited edition Donald Trump iPhone 7 is 24-karat gold with Donald's face engraved on the back, the United States coat of arms underneath, and is surrounded by his presidential catchphrase, Make America Great Again. The phone will cost about $3,100. Donald will be joining the original and up until now only great man to have the honor of getting the Supremo treatment. Who do you think that is, Noel? Vladimir Putin, for whom this will be his third such honor. President Putin has become a symbol of the new generation, strong-willed and a decisive leader. The company said at the original release of the Putin phone, Caviar Jewelers chose him as among the most important figures of our time. One can only imagine what they think of Donald Trump. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a real thing. So you can uh, buy your Putin phone Mm -hmm. and uh, have your Donald Trump phone, and you can just converse with each other back and forth using those phones. Yeah, and, and continuing on the critique of segments that are being reissued from our lost segment. Uh-huh. Uh the the live read, the uh-huh. rare live read, yeah, enhanced by the cold. Yeah, well, it was a little deeper, a little richer. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it uh, was got you right in the gonads. It really you know? did. Yeah, you felt it, huh? Yeah. I see you were giving me a starry eyed look a little bit I while was. I was reading it. Wink wink. I told you it was the sweet and sexy sound. Yeah. Um so uh so you know, every week, guys, we we, we do all this. How do you know that you should quit your jobs? You know, rent out your apartment, go do all these things that we're telling you to do. Uh, it's because Josh scours the internet to find rules of getting rich quick, to which we judge our schemes by. Where do our rules come from this week? Uh, today they come from the Elite Traveler magazine, 17 Rules How to Get Rich, uh, featuring Al Molina, founder and owner of Molina Fine Jewelers. All and- right. Uh, Not Alfred Molina, different yeah, one. Yeah, different Molina. Okay. You worked with Alfred Molina. I sat next to him for a couple That's days. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, number one. This is an acronym. AMC: Attitude, Motivation, Commitment. Attitude determines altitude. Uh, too many things. It's too confusing. <laughs> We're too sick. We're going to say we got that one. <laughs> um, number two. No one searches for something better unless a door closes. That's right. Uh, you close your door going to work. Someone else opens that door, walks in, has an affair, does some freelance work, cleans your dishes, and gets out. That's right. And number three. The six P's. Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. That is right. That's uh, you know, you've got the whole. How to make a latte, where the extra creams kept, how to change the, the <laughs> tape on the register, all in an app with step-by-step instructions. Yeah, so uh, we're three for three. You're getting rich that's, off of this gig economy. That's right, you are. Glad to hear someone is. Yeah. Uh, so once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place.